Made it to Wednesday. Glad you're with us. Man, we got a lot going on and uh, just a lot of stuff to catch up on. Bucks lose last night after uh, getting a few wins, beating Denver. You thought, okay, here you go. Trains back on the tracks. And then last night, that craptastic performance that they had against Miami. And that was just a, uh, was just an ugly loss for life. La- I just ended up turning it off. There, there was it. The argument is always, well, it's a back-to-back. Okay. So, in other words, you can't play two days in a row. So, every game that's on a back-to-back, we should just chalk up as a loss and a lack of effort and just a bad performance and just kind of get rid of it. You know, just that that's the built-in excuse. Um, and it's not, it wasn't even a travel day. It wasn't like they traveled anywhere. They just had a back-to-back. They're at home, sleeping in their own beds. So, uh, but on the brighter side, uh, the Badgers, they get back on track. They get a win against Ohio State. Marquette got a win yesterday. And how about the Milwaukee Admirals, who are streaking, streaking, and they won their 15th straight game. We'll talk to Aaron Sims hopefully later on today because what a remarkable thing going on. It's like if you're not paying attention to it and not involved in the excitement of it, and they're doing it in front of seven, eight, nine thousand people at the UW Panther Arena. And it's it's I was watching a little bit last night online and it's it's just rocking. And our guy Grossneck, man, uh, from Brookfield, Wisconsin, is in goal between the pipes and he is just knocking everything down. So he has been spectacular. But uh, man, good hockey going on. We got men's and women's hockey, obviously, with UW, but uh, fifteen in a row. Give them some props right now. And they've done it with Guys being recalled and going up to the parent club, which is the Nashville Predators, and losing some of their guys and then guys getting hurt and then coming back, and they're still doing it. So give credit to them. Uh, In the meantime, we are just a few days away from pitchers and catchers reporting, which is exciting. You've got mock drafts now coming out that we have to kind of look at in a different light and start to take a little more serious. And then Emmett Smith spoke. And... He, he targeted his comments directly at the Cowboys. But I think it's something that you can look at individually. And I think he's right. But he also has to understand the day and age in which we live. So, But I want to get into that as well. And then uh, I went to the gym this morning and I was talking. Uh, there, there was a guy on the treadmill next to me. His name is Wayne. And Wayne started telling me how much, how much he has loved college football and college basketball, just over and over and over again about how much he loves it. He's been a fan all these years. He grew up in the state of Wisconsin. He is originally from the Northwoods. He's originally from uh, up in uh, Minocqua, but he ended up moving down to Waukesha years ago because he got a job and uh, he's just on and on and on. And I think now he's retired. I think he's like in his late sixties. And how he just can't stand the fact that players are being paid all this money and the portal's wide open. And you may, just as you get attached to a kid and you want to watch them grow, they're gone. They want to move out of the portal. And yes, it's a different day and age. I completely understand that. But he, he said, look, it's just, it's, it's not watchable anymore because everybody's got, you know, a list of 10 to 12 hired guns and every, then there's everybody else. And the hired guns are the ones getting all the play and all the publicity and then they're gone. And this may be your quarterback. And you may look and say, okay, he doesn't even have time to develop because if he doesn't play really well his first year, then you're just going to go to the portal and replace him the next year. So the coaches are as bad as the players and on and on and on and got into this heavy discussion. 
And it was to the point where it was like, I just, I, I, it wasn't like I got frustrated and stopped working out. It was, I became so entrenched in the discussion and it was so, it was deep. So I was, I, I, I wanted to listen to what this guy had to say. And it was like, wow, I didn't now again, uh, again, I, I'm I'm not saying that that conversation was the blanket conversation for all the mindsets that follow college athletics because that's not it. There's people that are avid about it, but to the average, I, I always talk about to the average and/or casual fan. There's the hardcore, which is the green lights. There's the 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 red lights who just don't like whatever it is you're talking about, whether it's college sports, pro sports, whatever. And then there's the yellow, and the yellow seems to be. The, the the great mid-between, okay? And those are the ones, those are the Swifties that are now paying attention to NFL football that, that inundated the Super Bowl this year because they wanted to see all the stuff surrounding the Super Bowl and not just the game itself. So you've got the, the yellow, and the yellow is the mass audience. That's really where you want to garner your support because that puts you over the top. And it seems to be that, that middle ground that is now turning their their heads and going. This, no, this used to be something a little little more pure, and it just it feels dirty now. And it's always been dirty, but the dirt was always below the surface. Now it's it's the Pandora's box. The lid is off. There's not even a lid anymore. You didn't open it. You just blew the lid off, and now it's out. And all the ugliness, all the dirtiness, all the 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 selfishness on, on both behind you know on on both parts of of the NCAA and the coaches. Now it's down to the players. And and I don't begrudge the players. Get what you can get. You're young, man. If you can get a million-dollar contract, get a million-dollar contract. You're, that, that sets you up for a long, long time. You can you can take that and go back and get an education if all else fails, right? But it's just it's just crazy. It's just crazy how things have just uh, kind of gotten out there and what it's done to the fan base. Uh, so anyway, I want to get into that as well. So good day to you. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. If you've got a significant other, if you don't, then uh, enjoy being you. Enjoy being you. I've always said that. You can't uh, you can't care about anybody else if you don't care about yourself. If you don't uh, think you're right, so enjoy being you today. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You can hit us up over on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels at Bill underscore Michaels. You can also track us down at, uh, well, Grant Bills, at Wisco Grant, at Wisco Grant. You can find us over on Instagram, and I uh, posted some stuff on Instagram yesterday, too. And on uh, Facebook, as a matter, I'm going to get into a lot of the responses for that when you talk about the top three needs of the Green Bay Packers and what you think the Packers should be going after. Uh, but follow us on Instagram at The Bill Michaels Show, The Bill Michaels Show on Instagram, facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show on Facebook. Uh, you can follow us simply, uh, Bill Michaels Show, on YouTube, Go to youtube.com slash Bill Michaels, M I C H A E L S, Bill Michaels Show. Same thing on Twitch TV, on Kick TV, uh, just under Bill Michaels over on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also track us down via email and sh- uh, shoot us your thoughts that way if you decide to do so. Simply thebillmichaels at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the website, which is simply thebillmichaels.com. There's the Zone Madison app. You can take us anywhere and everywhere and listen to everybody on the Zone. Uh, W-O-Z-N, The Zone Madison, The Zone Madison. And then you've got uh, After the Fact on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found. So good stuff there as well. So uh, a lot of reaction over on uh, the uh, the stream today, which is great. Hello to everybody, uh, Tom and Mike and, and Jesus, uh, Jesus, I would assume. 
uh, unless Jesus is, you know, your name. Uh, Ronald, Rick, everybody. So uh, saying hello to everybody over there as well. Good stuff there. Um, this one's from uh, Ryan. Ryan says, uh, in regards to Emmett Smith's comments, I saw them in Pro Football Talk, and I was 100% in agreement. Uh, the Cowboys do kind of suck because they are living off the lures of the past. However, this is, this is absolutely pertainable to all others in the National Football League and really to all in pro sports. We have changed in society. It's all about look at me and not look at the team. Uh, basically, what Emmett Smith said was, there's no fight anymore. Now, he's talking specifically about the Cowboys, okay? But when you think about this, now, it, as I was reading this and seeing this, I thought, how much does this pertain to what maybe what we have going on here in our own backyard, okay? And I was kind of, I smiled a little bit. I'll tell you why. He basically said, look, you're ta- you haven't won anything. You haven't done anything. People are on podcasts. Look at me. I've got my own podcast. The the Kelseys have theirs. Micah Parsons has his. You start to go through the whole list of people, you know, that have podcasts, okay? And they all want to air their laundry. They all want to interview each other. That's fine. It's it's content. It's an enjoyable conversation. Uh, you heard uh, Jordan Love the other day talking to Micah Parsons uh, about kind of strategically what it is they did to the Dallas Cowboys, and you get insight, and I love it. I think we all love it. It's it's opened up kind of a different spigot of information to us that we had not had the privilege of getting before, okay? So on one hand, that's 100%. But what he's saying is people care more about clicks and hits and podcasts and their voice and look at me, look at who I am, look at what I'm doing when they haven't won a damn thing. Look at how much money I make. Look at the jewelry I wear when they haven't won a damn thing. And I, and, and that's, that's the Cliff Notes version of this. And I went back and I started to think. I thought, okay, how right is he? How right is he? And, I, I mean, Jordan Love was on the Michael Parsons podcast. And I'm sure other players have done some stuff like that. But I don't. I don't know of anybody specifically in our backyard that does that. And I guess the bigger the star, the more eyes upon you. So what do you do with those eyes? And if you're a guy like Michael Parsons, where you like to air your dirty laundry at times, your family has aired on, on X, their, you know, disdain. For Dak Prescott, you've got other players that have opened up. Dallas seems, and then, uh, you know, now again, you've got, you know, one voice, which is Mike McCarthy trying to wrap his arms around the organization and, and keep the crap from blowing through the cracks, while you've got Jerry Jones, who spews it all, and he's got his opinion that everybody pays attention to, and he kind of undermines the head coach. So, in essence, uh, you know, and again, I don't care if Dallas never wins a Super Bowl as long as Jerry Jones is alive, I don't care. Because he he was the own he he was his own worst enemy and still is. Um, but I started to think about it in the in the realm of the players that we have in this state, and Giannis is the guy that everybody pays attention to. He's the guy that's that's outspoken. He's the guy that's like a big kid. He's the guy that garners probably maybe short of Jordan Love. Right now, maybe the most attention in the state of Wisconsin. Jordan Love is getting a ton of pub, but that's Jordan Love also plays the most popular sport there is for the most popular league there is. Uh, even with Giannis bringing a championship to the state, 
Jordan Love is probably as big, if not bigger. And the way Jordan Love played this year, is specifically down the last six, seven games, it's given everybody optimism and hope for the coming season. Whereas we're watching right now the Milwaukee Bucks with all the pieces that we felt were needed to get this team over the top, and they look lazy and selfish and just uninterested at times. And, yeah, there's a lot of the, the mean mugging and look at me, but as far as your team goes, you know, the old the old adage is high tide raises all ships. Giannis brings wins, but is he making the guys around him better as the leader of that team? That's what I'm starting to question. So I thought, you know, we really don't have to deal with a lot of that here in the state of Wisconsin which is kind of nice. And so what Emmett Smith had to say about the look at me culture, the clickbait culture, the podcast culture, the I'll get my voice out culture. There's, there's, there's something to be said about team and where, because you're, you're in, in the NFL specifically, you are in the most team oriented sport. There is, you're talking about 22 individuals, really 30 if you're talking about all your starters because you rotate guys in and out for nickel dime packages, you know, four wide outs versus, you know, two wides and two tight ends and all that kind of stuff. So you're looking at about 30 guys that it takes to win. Takes you five to seven rotationally in basketball, even eight. Um, You got what? Nine, 10, 11, 12, maybe 13 guys you'll use unless you empty the benches in a game. But you talk about a team when it needs to win and needs to execute, and every guy can be your weakest link and your weakest link. You're only as good as that guy. It's it's the most team-oriented sport there is. So you, you talk about guys that need to be team, which is why we have bought into Jordan Love when you hear about him, you know, a couple of times bringing guys to the house, spending some time with the offensive linemen, going to dinners on Tuesday, doing certain things with the wide receivers, both behind closed doors and in general on and off the field, away from the field, that all that matters. That is team. That All that matters. And that's why you feel kind of good where we're at right now. And when you look around at some of these other teams with louder voices, look-at-me voices, finger-pointing voices, you kind of go, okay, Emmett Smith, while he may be the old man yelling, get off my lawn, he also is right. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, by all means do so. 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. Whether you are a barbecue sauce lover, dry rub lover, hot sauce lover, whatever, they got it. They got something for everybody. Go to BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
perfect fun and a valedictorian. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michaels show. We continue on on this uh, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's to you and yours, for sure. So, I had kind of given you the Cliff Notes version, and uh, Jerry says, uh, what did Emmett Smith say? He said, quote, I'm tired of being sold. Now, again, I kind of blanketly spread this throughout kind of the, the, the league and or players today. And then you start to look at the players that are kind of the look-at-me players versus the team players. So I, I'm keep, keep that in mind. He said, I'm tired of being sold on what the Cowboys could be. Talking about the Cowboys one and done in the playoffs. He said, I'm tired. I've had enough of it because I'm more about what the Cowboys really are and who we really are and who we were. That's where I'm at. Uh, he goes on to say, that's where everybody else is at as well. How do you allow this to continually happen? And then he goes on to say that he was surprised that Jerry Jones didn't uh, replace Mike McCarthy. He said, nobody wants to fight anymore. No one wants to fight hard anymore. They want to say, oh, we're the Cowboys. Tell me how good I am. Check out my Instagram posts. See my podcast. Look at all the stuff that I'm doing. Look at all the pictures I'm taking. I'm everything without doing anything. And everybody's patting them on the back. People want to give them so much without doing anything. And what they're living off of is what happened in the past, not what's going on right now. They're not establishing their own legacy, let alone building off the legacy that was already established. He said, and if you're losing credibility, you're losing respect. You lose respect, you have no honor. Things have changed. I mean, it's like we went out and played with our hands tied behind our back, and we left uh, with our minds up in Frisco and didn't even take it over to AT&T Stadium in Arlington. It was such a disappointing thing. It was just bad. It's bad all the way around. I even hate talking about it because I feel responsible. Like, I feel like I could have helped my team more. I don't know how, but, yeah, it was bad. Going back to the days that he was playing, he still takes it with him. He said, guys have no pride and no honor anymore. Now, I know a lot of that is directed at the Cowboys for what it is they haven't done. I understand that. But it made me think. Because you start to think about players, and again, I hate to be and sound like Emmett Smith as the, you know, get off my lawn guy. But you kind of look at it as, you know, you start to look at players that are like, look at me. You know, I've always thought it was really, it's, it's always telling when somebody makes a big play and your team is down by 20, you know, or down by double digits or three scores or what, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever it is in whatever team sport there is. Now, if you're on your way back and there's momentum and you you can tell, you can tell the moment, but I've, I've seen, I've, I've yelled about it before. If somebody's sacking a quarterback and you're down 27 to 10 with two minutes to go in the game, what are you doing a dance for? You look like a fool. That is the ultimate of look at me. And I, I, that's why I kind of feel good about where this Packers team is. It's young guys that could be of the generation of look at me, but they really don't seem to be. You know, one of the things that I've liked that Brian Gutekinst has done, he hasn't brought in head cases. He hasn't brought in ego-driven, pat me on the back, tell me how, how great I am guys. 
that you don't see that. The only guy that you see that has been outspoken has been Jair. And that wore on fans real quick. Because if you're not walking the walk and you're not available, don't tell people to look at you. It's that simple. You can have as much confidence in you and your ability as you want. But if you're not available and you're not doing it on the daily, then you're nothing more than a loudmouth, man. That's it. An overpaid loudmouth. That's what a lot of people looked at Jair as this year. Who just kind of took it upon himself to do his own thing and really turned a lot of people against him. And, and you know, you want to go, ah, that's Jair being Jair. But uh, you know what? The old adage was, you know, back in the day when, you know, I, I used to watch when Manny Ramirez played for the Red Sox. And they'd always say, well, that's Manny being Manny. And I hated it. I hated it. Because it was all about him. It wasn't about the team. He did produce for the team. So you couldn't argue that. It wasn't like he wasn't going out and being a detriment to his own team. I still hate it. But I understood it. And in certain cases, you can look at it and go, I hate it. I hate the attitude. I hate the player, the way he kind of conducts himself or she conducts herself. Because it's not about the team. But if you're helping the team and you're being you, okay. But once you start losing... That's where you cut off, and you got to go back to the team. And so there's just not that understanding today. And I get what Emmett Smith is saying. I completely get it. Grant Bills, am I being too hard on this? No, I think there's a big difference from former players like Shaq and Charles Barkley discounting NBA champions of today and saying, well, those championships aren't as hard as the one. I don't think you can disrespect current champions, but what Emmett no. Smith is doing is the Cowboys haven't been to a conference championship game in forever. So I think it's right. absolutely, he's not being an old man yelling at a cloud. He's saying, what happened to the franchise that used to be a dynasty and used to be untouchable? What happened? Right. Completely. Yeah. The, the, the cowboy mystique is gone. It's, it just is. And until you can, I mean, look, they, they haven't gone through this extended period of, you know, playoff list football. They've always been relevant. Because they've been able to get there. They just haven't been able to win there. And no matter who, the, and Emmett Smith, I mean, he wouldn't come out and say it, but others have. They're 100% correct. The only common denominator with all of those teams, all of those teams, is one thing, and that is the mouth of the owner. Because he sets the tone. Whether it's, you know, you bring in a, a strong coach, and, you know, they talk about Zimmer today, and he's going to come in and, and coach him hard. No, he isn't. No, he isn't. It's just, it's not the way it is. You know, it, guys go to Jerry because Jerry is the, uh, the lead authority. And that's what I'm saying. And when people say, I wish we had an owner in Green Bay, I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Because the owner can come down and supersede the head coach, the general manager at any point in time. And I know there are frustrating times at times in Green Bay. I get it. But I grew up in a city that had an owner. And once Paul Brown passed away and gave it to Mike, it was a lot of toiling, toiling away in anonymity for a long time. They got to two Super Bowls, one with Forrest Gregg, one with Sam Weish. I understand that. But it was a lot of bad moves and a lot of really bad, bad football for years, for years. And then once he hired Marvin Lewis, at least, at least Marvin Lewis came in and started to show productivity and then he finally threatened the owner and said, look, if, if you're not going to do things my way, then I, I'm going to leave because you're not a football guy. You're living off the, the laurels of your, your father. And then, you know, the rest is history. But, 
you know, so I, I'm when people say I, we need an owner agreement. No, no, you don't. And when you say you want Mark Murphy to do this and you want him to meddle here and you want him to do this with firing coaches and this, and then all of a sudden you don't want him involved. It's like, that's the reason you don't want an owner because people are, you know, we would, we would make the worst general managers out there because we're too gut reaction. And sometimes you just need to let it go like an iceberg. It may not always be on path, but at least, you know, you're going to get a legitimate shot out of it. 877-867-1670, If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. Give us a, a shout. Also, you can uh, hit us up on many of the different platforms as well. If you want to shoot an email, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. That's thebillmichaels at gmail.com. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Lux Golf Bays. They are in uh, right there in Franklin, Wisconsin, the Lux Golf Bays premier facility, swing facility, for the, uh, the avid golfer, the casual golfer, uh, maybe a team-building event for your, your business, whatever it happens to be, all you got to do is check them out. Go to Lux, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBase.com. That's LuxGolfBase.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Joe Michael's show on this Wednesday edition. Got the NFL draft. Uh, we start to kind of set our sights on now. There's a lot of mock drafts. And uh, that's, you know, of course, if trades and such aren't happening, you know, um, we'll see what happens with, obviously, you know, Justin Fields and how that changes the draft because there are more than a few teams that are looking for quarterbacks. This year, and there seems to be four or five that are probably going to go in the first round, and we'll we'll see kind of how that all shakes out. But uh, you know, right now Chicago just holding all the cards, and it's it'll really heat up with about a week to go before the draft as to who's getting whom, because let the bidding begin. Can I ask you this, Bill? What's yeah. now the biggest story of this NFL offseason? Forget forget the Super Bowl we just watched. Now looking forward to the draft or to free agency or to the future. Is it the Bears and their decision? Because I would contend like, yeah, that's a big choice. But does anyone really care about the Bears that much? I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the biggest story of this offseason is going to be. I think what the biggest story is, is it pertains to the Bears. But it's it's who trades. Who needs a quarterback? Who believes they're a quarterback away? Who trades with the Bears to get him? You know what I mean? It's that that to me is probably going to be the the bigger story. Now we know where Kayla Williams is going to go, but is which team out there um, that's lower in the draft is going to make the deal to bring Justin Fields into their into their organization? That's probably to me right now the biggest story. Um, you know. I, you know, the, the offseason can be filled with, you know, can the Chiefs three-peat? And do they get themselves another wide out to help Patrick Mahomes? Um, you know, it, it just you, you can kind of go on from there. But that that's a great question. Um, you know, you look at – I really, I mean, I think to me one of the bigger stories this offseason was the fact that Jim Harbaugh left Michigan and went to the Chargers. 
And what's that going to do to the Chargers organization? Do you, if, if you're the Chiefs, while you are king of the mountain, and you have been now for you know two seasons, do you look at it as, uh-oh, I mean, this guy's hit. I, I, look, I can't stand Harbaugh. I can't stand him. But you have to look at him and go, he's had success everywhere he's gone. He took the 49ers to a Super Bowl. He won a national title with Michigan. He's back in the NFL, and he's not back in the NFL to lose. And he's in the AFC. So if you're going to talk about who could possibly knock the crown off of the head of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, there's a lot of people that believe that Joe Burrow's the guy, if he can stay healthy. But then they're talking about Justin Herbert and what kind of level of play is he going to go to now that he's got Harbaugh in his corner. Do you believe that Justin Herbert is going to get that much better? Like, do you think Brandon Staley and and the coaching and, and the system around Justin Herbert the last few years has been that bad? I, I don't know, because you you and I have had this discussion numerous times. Every time you start to believe in Justin Herbert, he gives you a eh, performance, and he hasn't been he hasn't been consistent enough to make you go, "Wow, that guy's got something." He hasn't made those unbelievable throws. He hasn't thrown the team on his back and willed them to wins consistently. He's given you moments where you went, "Ah, okay, that's why they drafted him," but it hasn't been consistent. And that's the problem I had with Justin Herbert. You know, it's funny. They just had – I was just kind of flipping through the uh, channels here, and I don't know what it was, but the uh, the quarterbacks most likely to win a Super Bowl other than Patrick Mahomes. Number one on the list, Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Number two is Brock Purdy. Number three is Joe Burrow. Um, number four is Lamar Jackson. And number five is Justin Herbert. You know? I, which it kind of took me aback, but the way he played down the stretch, there's a lot of expectation now, which is the reason we talk about is there Super Bowl or bust mentality right now again in Green Bay. But Justin Herbert, I, I'm, you know, much like Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was the guy that got off to a really rocky start, and you're like, oh my God, this is he's just not the kid. And then he got, then he got Doug Peterson as a head coach and a guy that's a former quarterback and worked with him, and he started to play better. And then you started to see them win. And the kid's tough. He he kind of willed his team to the postseason, so to speak, with that bad ankle and played. And, yeah, you know, they, had, they ended up getting beat. But, you know, you, you love the moxie that he showed. C.J. Stroud's another one. That is that guy going to take the next step? Because if he does, holy mackerel, look out the rest of the league because he was probably the best, one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the National Football League this year with the talent he didn't have around him. So, I mean, he had a hell of a season. So, I, you know, I don't know. I think there's some big stories, but I think the biggest is just it's very quiet right now out in L.A. and what the Chargers have going on. And you just kind of wait for them to, you know, you kind of it's kind of like the jack in the box. You keep turning the crank and, you know, you know who the, the champions are, but you're waiting for them to pop up and go, here we are. And because of Harbaugh. So uh, who do you I mean, what do you think is the biggest story? I don't know. I'm tr- I'm trying to figure that out. Like I, you know, sometimes in the afternoon, once you're off the air, I like to listen to live radio. So sometimes I'll, especially now with things going on with the Bears, I'll listen to a little bit of Parkins and Spiegel. Like, yeah. Okay, what are they talking about? And there's this belief in Chicago. Well, now the eyes of the NFL world turns to the Bears, who are first on the clock. And I, yeah, like they have the first pick, and there's a lot of ramifications around that pick. But I, I think when you pick at the very top of the draft, enough years in a row, people just start stop caring. They're like, oh, they're right. picking up there again. Okay, you you believe that the team is going to change the the course of their yeah. franchise and history, and then 
when they're there year after year after year, you just kind of stop caring. So I don't right. know that the NFL universe is going to center around Chicago for the next two months. I don't know. I, I think the speculation is going to be who's going to get Justin Fields, uh, and then that's probably the story. Beyond that, um, you know, the biggest story is, is Caleb Williams a game changer, pardon the pun, when he comes into whatever organization he comes into. And going back to what Emmett Smith said about the look-at-me mentality, is Caleb Williams a team guy, and is he going to be there for the long haul to work and put that team back on track, or is he a – you know, is he going to say, I don't want to go there. Give me a piece of the team. I'm worth more than this. Is he that guy? Because I tell you what, his mental makeup to me uh, just seems his talent better be all of that and more if he's going to come into the league and be that way. You know, um, you look at a guy like Deshaun Watson, you know, who just felt completely entitled, got the money, got paid, has not done anything since. He showed flashes, but again, showing flashes does not make you a great quarterback. You know, Lamar Jackson, he's won two MVPs, but he's not been able to consistently win in the postseason. You know, you can say, look at me all you want, but he just hasn't been able to get it done. Spagnolo confused him. And one of the arguments has always been he's an incredible athlete, good arm, uh, but there are times where he is uh, in the huddle. It's not leading a Mensa meeting. You know, he is not the sharpest knife in the drawer. So can you confuse him and consistently do so to where he makes enough mistakes that He's not going to be able to win consistently in the postseason, and he hasn't been able to do that. So who is going to be the next quarterback to take that next step and move forward? But the biggest story probably is what quarterback ends up with Justin Fields. And then again, I go back to Justin Fields is an incredible athlete. Can somebody out there make him a quarterback? And that's Luke Getz, he wasn't able to do it because if he was, he would have shown it far before the last four or five games of the season. So can I can I ask you this? And maybe this is something we can chew on, not just today's show, but something to think about as we get yeah. closer to the draft. The first three picks are the Bears, the Commanders and the Patriots. Are all three of those teams going to take a quarterback or one of those teams going to trade? You think so? I would, I would think. Yeah. The Patriots have to. Right. Like they yeah, have the Patriots they desperately to. need one. Yeah. Patriots have to. Uh, the Bears don't have to if they decide that Justin Fields is their guy, but then they got to pay him. Yeah, because his contract's coming up. So what are they going to do? I mean, it's a, you know if you believe you've got a more talented quarterback in Caleb Williams and you've got to pay Justin Fields, what are you going to do? I think you're automatically going to say we're going to get rid of Justin Fields because we don't want to have to pay him and we can build around Caleb Williams for the next two or three years before you know he becomes such an incredible headache that we all of a sudden have to shell out money to him. And this gives us an opportunity, a window of the next couple of years to be able to maybe kind of make some make some headway on the rest of the national you know the NFC North and see if they can then find themselves in the postseason again. We always think as Packers fans, like, oh, that team's got to take a quarterback. And then a lot of teams right. don't. And I just think between Chicago, Washington, New England, right behind them are the, the Chargers and the Cardinals. And both of those teams have their quarterback. Right. So you look at the teams past there, Giants, Titans, Falcons, uh, the, the Vikings not far down. Like, those are the teams that could potentially look to jump up. I... I, I I don't know. Even if Carolina, Washington, New England all take quarterbacks, Arizona and the Chargers, there's four or five quarterbacks that teams like in this draft. They could then right. look to trade out. I I think this is going to re- be a really interesting quarterback draft because there's always some maneuvering. There's always some movement we don't see coming. Right. 
Let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll uh, get some of the comments uh, offline or off of the uh, the live stream, I should say, and we'll uh, kind of come back and get back into this discussion. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Steady, second to National Walker's Point, as they say, you should be here. And it doesn't matter if it's a Bucks game, Admirals game, Marquette game, big event downtown, concerts. When the Brewers start back up, they run shuttles to everything. Check out our friends at Steady, second to National and Walker's Point. And the new one is about to open. They're getting close. You can almost smell the brand new, uh, brand new wings out in Lake Country. That's on Watertown Road in Pewaukee, and we'll keep you uh, keep you abreast as to when they get ready to open up their grand opening. We hope to be there for uh, to be a part of it. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Mike. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. They have a uh, steak and wine dinner. If you're looking for something tonight, uh, maybe to take the... uh, Significant other two, Sunset Grill, Pewaukee Lake, and uh, the lake is actually open. Open water. It's been warm enough to where you're uh, seeing uh, quite a bit of water and no ice this time of year, which is really odd because in the middle of February, usually we're talking about frigid temperatures. Uh, And overnight, it's been uh, below freezing, but during the day, it has not. And the sun has been out, and so you've got some open water. And if you're going to do something tonight, maybe, maybe make it a date night. Sunset Grill, Pewaukee Lake, right on Prospect Avenue. They have some steak and some wine and some good stuff going on there, and uh, you know maybe you can keep an eye over on the <laughs> over on the uh, the TVs if you got a good sporting event going on. But uh, Sunset Grill, Pewaukee Lake, stop in and uh, and remember they have the steak and wine dinner tonight, and you can tell them we sent you. Tell us, say hi to Sarah's just back from maternity leave too, so go over and say hi to Sarah. So congratulations to her as well. 877 uh, this one is from uh, G-Dub, who says, the ascending quarterback in the National Football League would either be Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, or Justin Herbert. Take your choice. Why would you not include Jordan Love in that? That's what I want to know. Do you just not believe in Jordan Love? Oh, if that's the case, okay. But why would you not include Jordan Love in that? C.J. Stroud, out of all three of those, I would probably take him. And if you're talking about because – you know, this is what the third year for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the what? The third year, I think, for Justin Herbert. The first year for for C.J. Stroud. This was the fourth year for for Jordan Love. Maybe it's because you're considering him more of a veteran. But he also this was his first year to actually be a starter. But why would you not include Jordan Love in that 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 you know that list? That's interesting. Um. And Golf Guy says, not too sure that Lawrence and Herbert are still ascending. That's why C.J. Stroud, in what he did this year, with a lot of, I hate to say no names, but did did it with a really non-flashy football team, I think is probably the most, the most remarkable thing. That's why you can look at Jordan Love and go, wow, he did it with a lot of guys. I mean, Devontae's not there. You don't have a lot of veterans. You don't have a big name. You know, you have draft choices and a couple of really good tight ends. And, yeah, you know, you you brought in some talent, but that whole thing began to meld together, you know. Now it's what what do you do with the next season? C.J. Stroud, the same thing. But, yeah, I uh, I would wonder why you would not put 
put Jordan Love on that list. Out of Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert, who has the higher ceiling? That I can that 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 argument I could maybe make, and I would say maybe it's it's Trevor Lawrence. And the only reason I say that is because we saw the leap that he took once you got rid of Urban Meyer. So last year, not this past season, but last year, with Doug Peterson was kind of his rookie season because you had to basically say, okay, Trevor, everything you learned their first year in the NFL, right? Okay, forget that because Urban Meyer was bad. Now, now we got to remake you. So this was kind of his second year, and they took a little bit of a step back. People were now planning for them. They had a better schedule. They they know they have some needs they have to fix. But out, out of those two, Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, who do you think has the higher ceiling, Grant? Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert? Yeah, who has the higher ceiling? I think I don't think there's a perfect answer to this, but I would say Trevor Lawrence because Justin Herbert has kind of been the same guy every year he's been in the right. NFL. I don't know that there's some big leap coming from Herbert, and that's fine because Herbert's been great really since day one. I'm still kind of waiting for Trevor Lawrence to pop because he's been compared to Peyton Manning, right? And Peyton Manning took a little while to pop. Right. So right. I'm I'm still waiting. I think that the answer for me would be Lawrence. Yeah, I uh, I, I I still think Trevor Lawrence has more upside. Um, but I, I, I think that this is kind of the prove it year for Trevor Lawrence. Every quarterback comes up on that. Uh, you had that this year for Justin Fields, you know, give me your prove it year. What's your prove it year. And that's what you kind of look at. Wow. You know, how, how have you ascended and Justin Fields for the three quarters of the season really didn't. And then at the end of the year started to kind of show his wares again, but he's done that now for three years. And it hasn't been convincing. Whereas you look at a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who his first year you kind of kind of throw away, but Justin Herbert actually had what a ninety three point two quarterback rate. I'm just looking statistically speaking here. Um, Justin Herbert for his third year in the league is behind Jordan Love. Was behind Jordan Love. Um, I'm trying to find where he ended the season. And I, I shouldn't be doing this on the air, but I'm trying to find where he ended the season because I don't have his statistics in front. Oh, Trevor Lawrence, he was 23rd. He had an 88.4, 67.6 completion percentage. But, uh, or 65.6 completion percentage, threw for over 4,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, but 14 picks on the season. 35 sacks he ended up taking, 88.5 in the quarterback rating department. 65% is not bad, but when you start to look at the completion percentage of some of the others that are up there, you know, uh, Jake Browning played nine games, had a 70.4% quarterback rating. Dak Prescott, 69.5. Kirk Cousins, before he went down, 69.5. Brock Purdy was 69.4 with a 113 quarterback rating. I mean, out of quarterbacks that played a full season, he had the best quarterback rating in the National Football League. So, yeah, right. You're you're kind of looking for Trevor Lawrence to take the next step. Justin Herbert actually had a, a, a worse completion percentage, sixty five point one, but he also had twenty touchdowns and only seven picks and only sacked uh, twenty nine times. And remember, they would have had a better record, but their defense for a defensive minded coach was not Staley's the defensive minded guy, and their defense was nowhere near as good as everybody thought it would be. So is Justin Herbert getting penalized because 
The defense stunk, much like Aaron Rodgers did for years. That's a possibility as well. We got an hour down. We got three more yet to go. Stay right where you're at. More of the Bill Michael Show next.